Howls of a Bass. I'm Ronnie Adams. And I'm Jacob Casas. And here with Claudio Ingleton. And this episode is called Mainstream Realtor. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> we wanted to start out, Claudio. Um, we've known each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to start out with just uh, you introducing yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Perfect, perfect. Well, I mean, my name is Claudio Ingleton. Um, for uh, my profession, it is real estate. I sell residential real estate here in Southern California. Um, but besides that, I mean, it's, you know, it's like the Alice in Wonderland, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a father, and that one has become my, my main priority. Like, it's one of my purposes in life. I can fail at everything in business, in relationships, and everything, but I don't want to fail as a father. Um, and then other than that, um, you know, I, I like to have a good time with my friends, uh, go out to eat to restaurants, uh, enjoy a good lifestyle. Um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we have a lot of goals to accomplish right now. So we're, we're, who I am is TBD. It's still in process. That's what's up. Yeah, still in development. So you're on the, you're like, look, what we've been doing too is a lot of people have been on the rise that we bring in. Nice. Right? And, and we like to see that, that struggle part. Oh, so yeah. how did Claudio get to the point he's at? So, I mean, let's, let's start off with, obviously, we, we go with howlers. So, mm-hmm. you know, howlers and baths, right? Yeah. We consider you a howler. That's why you're on this show mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So I want to know how Claudio got to that part, like yeah. that part of being an entrepreneur being a, a man that can take care of his children and having to be a leader and provider. So, I mean, how did you get to that point? Tell us a little about yourself and the struggle that you had to go through to get to where you are. Yes. So the good, the bad, the ugly. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, I know we had briefly talked about about uh, that topic, and I was thinking, I got the whole, anything you could come up with on the resume, it's on my checklist. It's been a repossession. It's been a foreclosure, bankruptcy, uh, divorce, like everything all the challenges that, that could come up in life that where people could be like, all right, I give up, I'm defeated, they're there. But um, I, lis- I listen to Jim Rohn a lot, and what he's talked about is the ant mentality and how ants, like you could put a finger in front of them and they'll go around it. They just keep going until. And the whole mentality of an ant is until. They don't stop. Whatever the challenge, whatever's going to, unless you kill them. You kill them <laughs> or they get there. And, and, you know, th- that's, uh, that's what's, uh, I think, keeping me going is that um, the mentality of just we're going to figure it out. Everything is figure outable. Um, whenever we have problems, there's going to be a solution. Whenever there's winter, there's going to be summer. And when there's summer, there's going to be winter. It's just part of life. Definitely. Yeah. So, so a, lot of, a lot of things we talk about is leadership. Mm. So how, how does leadership fit into who you are as a person um, from family to entrepreneur yes everything rises and falls on leadership and leadership is nothing more than influence so if um, if someone calls himself a leader because they have a title uh, that's very entry-level you know because I, I I've been in rooms where you know there's people that have the title and one person speaks up and that's who they follow that's the true leader in the room and so whenever someone has influence and it could be as, as simple as you know the mother to her children or the teacher to her students or, um, or in, in, in my case, uh, the real estate agent to his clients. Whatever the, the case is, it has to be influenced. So what, what can we bring to the table where people feel that they can follow us and know that we have the vision and we have the ability to get them where they need to go? When did you first uh, notice that you were a leader? I, well, I mean, you know, um, I, I would hear it from other people. And I, I still don't see myself as a leader, you know, because, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a student. You know, I'm a student to the game. I'm a student of life. And so I have people that I follow. But anytime there's an opportunity to help, and I hope, you know, I, I hope that in, in, in general, like, people start to, to actually get in tune with that, especially men, that men start to get in tune with that. Help whoever you can help as much as you, as it possi- as you possibly can. But um, that's leadership if you're helping someone. <laughs> yes. but, but you know what, though? That's what we've been talking about a lot on this show, too, mm-hmm. is, um, is the leadership part of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not used to talking to each other ourselves about being a leader, mm-hmm. right? We, we, it, it's weird to us to even say oh, that out loud, right? right, right? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like, like yeah. you just know you are. It's not like we sit here around here yeah. and just say we're leaders. Right. But, but um, I feel like this generation needs that. Like, like we need to figure out 
more of who we are because people know we are mm-hmm. right that's why we even I, I i reached out to you say hey you know what i want you on the mm-hmm. show yeah. i saw i we see leadership in you right i mean like i said a, a howler recognizes another how that's the same how right <laughs> yes, yes. so that's why we even brought that up to you yeah. about that because i know it's weird to say hey we're leaders we're this we're that mm-hmm. because we, we real leaders are all students just like you said they're always learning always advancing always moving forward right and especially when you uh have children mm-hmm. you know when you have children people are you know your children are looking up to you yeah. you have to lead them yeah. You know, in every aspect of life, you know, so we try not, like you said, I don't want to fail in anything. <laughs> yeah, if I fail in anything, I'm not failing being a father. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that we talk a lot about for, from being a man, being an entrepreneur and being a leader is being courageous. Now, now as a man, mm-hmm. being courageous means you got to, there has to be fear somewhere in there to, oh. to be courageous. Right. So in your experience of being a man, being an entrepreneur, what is one of the biggest things you had to be too courageous about that from anything that you've done, like something that you can think of that was one of the biggest times you had to be courageous, overcome fear? Um, you know, I, I think most of it is, has always been uh, self-imposed. Like it's just things that you, we, um, in, in, for myself, uh, sometimes that I'll make up. I remember um, I'd be working, probably having one of my best months, and immediately my mind is already thinking in a couple of months, what if this falls apart? I would already imagine my brother-in-law coming to help me fill up the U-Haul. I'm getting evicted again. Like it was, it was having those things, having those uh, hurts from from the ba- the past that kept bringing up. Like, what if it happens again? I never saw that one coming, and I don't want it to come again. So there, it's um, what what ended up happening is like when there's fear, the only way to get rid of fear is to have faith, and where there's fear, there's no faith. And where there's faith, there's no fear. So it, that that courage had to not come from me, but that that courage had to start. I had to start ta- tapping into my spiritual side with God. So you felt like you was gonna lose it all before. Oh yeah. Well, because I had lost it all mm-hmm. when I never thought I would. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like when you when you're like in, like in poker, when you're up, you think it's never enough, and when you're down, you think you're never gonna get back up. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. So tell us about that, Claudio. Yeah. So, <laughs> You went, so you were, you were, you were soaring at one point, right? And you said you just, you fell, yeah. right? So tell us about that. I feel like that's a lot of what men are entrepreneurs, leaders need to hear mm-hmm. because the fall is real. Mm-hmm. It happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Some don't but, get up. But yeah. you yes. got up, yes. right? Yeah. But you did. Yeah. So explain to us the fall. Explain the fall and how that happened yeah. and, then, and then how you overcame that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was um, early 20s, right? Things were popping. Um, had my brand new house with brand new furniture. Went all out with like, I remember picking out the colors of the Italian leather, picking out the abstract paintings to decorate everything, my sound system, running, a, running across and sliding on all the wood floors. And it was a four bedroom house. I'm like, I'm preparing for my future, for my family. You know, like this was, I was a single guy. And I was a uh, single, single, you know, player for life. <laughs> so <laughs> we have so, a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was bachelor pad, but eventually I knew my heart desired. Like eventually, that's what that's what I wanted, right? So um, you know, had had my nice my nice little car, my nice house. Uh, what happened is it's pretty much what it hit us. It hit a lot of people, and it was in t- two thousand seven, turning into two thousand eight. It was uh, the the collapse of the real estate market. Yeah. Really, it was the mortgage crisis, and uh, I remember having eighteen files back then. It was actual paper files, eighteen files, and we'd go to Orange County, walk into a mortgage or, or um, um, uh, a mortgage investor, bring the files. Like everything's there, full documents. Everything's gone. All you got to do is process them and fund them. Nobody was funding uh, funding deals. We had clients but we didn't have a bank that would actually finance the loans. Oh, wow. So um, I, I depleted my savings through that, through that process, tried everything, getting roommates, then moving out, renting out the whole house, still paying uh, like 1500 out of my pocket to cover, cover it. Finally, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm just gonna let it go. Uh, foreclosure, the, the Lexus repossessed, uh, bankrupt. Okay, right but after that, yeah. what was your mind thinking during that time? Okay, so like, yeah. like I wanna know what, because you're successful again, right? But I want to know what your mind was thinking during that process. In that process, um, I, I think the one the one thing I did 
was I looked around and I knew it wasn't just me. Like if it had been if it had been just me going through that and everyone else was thriving and doing good and building up, I think I would have been a lot harder on myself. I didn't enjoy the experience um, at all. I remember it was it was uh, humbling and it was uh, you know a little chin check and everything. But I knew that this wasn't going to be the end, and I knew that if it if it was if it was just happening to me, yeah, it's my fault. If it's happening to everybody, okay, how are we all going to? You know, get get back from right. this. So um, I know that real estate is cyclical. Um, business has its ups and downs. I know, like earlier, we were talking a little bit about the seasons. You know, in summer. So here's one mistake I did. In summer, I forgot to think about winter. I was just thinking summer, 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 all summer long. In summer, you got to prepare for winter, and in winter, you got to prepare for summer. And um, I think that that was a, a little bit of the mindset there where I, I was at least forgiving of myself. You know, I, I was like, okay, at least I did save a little. At least I did invest in a product. I did the things that I thought I needed to do uh, to prove myself or because I dropped out of college. You know, I had um, scholarships, grants, everything straight out of high school. My first semester, I dropped out to start uh, my business and, uh, you know, disappointed a lot of people. And um, but at the same time, it was like, okay, maybe they were right. But, I'm, but at the end of the day, in me, at that point, once your lid is popped open, I didn't even hear about the concept of money until I was like 18. Like, that if we could even change our financial class, I had no idea we could even do that. I thought it was whatever we were born into, that's what you're born into. So from there on, once I started reading books, going to seminars, going to conferences, workshops, um, uh, uh, even, even sermons, um, once I, I started hearing all of that and hearing about... Um, financial education, man money management, uh, that's where everything started to click, where there was no, no going back. Once your, your lid is popped, there, there's no going back. So, so you, you, you got through all that crisis, right? Yeah. And, and how did, um, basically, how did you bounce back? Yeah. Well, you know, to that checklist, I forgot to add one big one that also happened. It was, uh, I, I started working at a law firm in Wells Fargo in, in, in the meantime. And then I get a DUI. And then I thought, oh, this DUI is just a slap on the wrist. I, I kept everyone around me drinking and driving, you know, no big deal. Then I get my second one. And that, and that one, that was a big wake-up call. That was that, and actually that, there began um, a real introspect into myself. I took a break from, from my goals and what I wanted to accomplish, and then I went to start to work on myself. So um, I, I, one thing that I, I strongly believe, and I would hear over and over and over, if you will change, everything will change for you. And sometimes uh, people would ask me, like, well, what, what, what did you have to change? What was that one thing you did? And my answer was everything. Every, who I was hanging out with, where I was going, what I was doing, what I was reading, what gym I was going to or not going to, what I was eating, the amount of water I'm drinking, everything had to change. So um, how I got back up was like, it was, um, okay, if today was day one, what are we going to do? And I just started going from day one. That was a total cleanse that you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like you yes. had to die. I feel like a lot of men have to do that. That's have, good. You have to die Say for that. themselves. Yes. So I'm glad you said that because the, the other day I heard, uh, sometimes we think we're being buried, but really we're being planted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that happens a lot to men. Yes. Because... At the end of the day, we have to be the leaders. Yeah. And sometimes you have a lot of weight in our shoulders. Yeah. We forget about it sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? And it's forget okay to start over. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you, know? you have no choice. Yeah. So, so how did you go from that and say, okay, now you're being reborn as mm -hmm. a new person. You're, you're, you're pushing yourself. How did you get back on track? What did you do? What, what did your mindset say, okay, this is what I'm going to do now to get back to where I was or even flourish from that? Yeah. I mean, everything around me, looked like day one and looked like I was brand new, but I knew I'm not brand new. So I felt like now I felt like I was going into it with an advantage. You know, there's this book called Outliers where there's like kids that are like a little bit older for the year and kids that are a little bit younger for the year and how the, the ones that are a couple months older excel at sports because they're always like a little bigger, a little bit more developed, a little more, more emotional intelligence. And so I think I had that, um, that uh, inner, inner advantage where it's like, this isn't my first rodeo. I do know this. And sometimes, like, you know, and th this, this part sounds a little uh, e egotistical, but where I'm just looking at, at someone, like, doing pretty good, and I'm just like, but they ain't better than me. 
Like, I know I got this. I got, you know, and of course, all of that takes um, developing skill set, um, working on the craft. And pretty much at the time, I was married to real estate. Like, I was, you know, yeah, how, how we joke around, oh, I'm married to the game. I was married to real estate. It was like from early in the mornings to waking up at 4.30 all the way to 10 o'clock at night. I'd have a client in one conference room and another client in one conference room. And I'm walking back and forth, you know, uh, taking applications, showing property. Like, it, it, and you could feel it. You, there's a, there's a, um, there, there's a certain, certain activity that's happening where I know I'm like, ooh, we're about to have some big months in a couple of months. Because it's like sun up to sundown. But what I like what he said was you said that this, is, this all went down. I mean, you lost a lot of stuff. You went through a, a, a major crisis. Yeah. And then when you built yourself to the mindset that you wanted to be at, you said, I feel like I'm at an advantage. advantage. Mm -hmm. yes. That like really yeah. resonated yeah. Yes. to everything you said. I was like, wow. Yeah. That's like a whole different kind of mindset than people have. Mm -hmm. I can't even, I've never heard anybody say that. No. I'll tell you that right now. No. I literally have never heard anybody say that. And that's, that, that sounds like like something that, that men need to hear. Right. Because, I mean, you said you're like, you know what, I felt, I mean, you, and you seem so sincere. Confident, motivated yeah. to take over. And, you know, at, at the same time, it's like, um, I think there, there was a, a thought that I would always have, and I, I still have to this day. Um, the thought would always be, don't judge me on who I am right now. Because I'm, I'm on the journey. Like, I'm not there yet. Judge me when I get there. And even when I get there, at that point when you're judging me, I realize I just got here. I'm barely starting all over again. <laughs> like now we're at a new level. We're starting all over again, right? So it's like, you know, because um, anytime some, I think we do that to ourselves more than anything. Like it's one thing where you think like, oh, someone's judging you or you're judging someone. But more than anything, we do it to ourselves where don't judge yourself where you're at right now. Let yourself keep going on that journey. Keep doing the best you can with what you got where you're at. And once you're there, start all over again. It's always more to conquer. <laughs> yeah. That's the exciting thing. Yeah. You know, and that's, a, that, that's actually one of the things that really uh, got me into real estate is that it's such a dynamic market um, where everything is constantly changing. Even that, that bad experience that I went through uh, is probably going to happen again. Maybe not. Uh, now we can prepare for it. Now we could adjust to it. But it's going to happen in the market where lending programs are changing, where um, the people that are in the business that you're working with are changing. Uh, clients are constantly changing. There's no transaction the same. And that's what I wanted to kind of get at with him, too, is, okay, so sales. I mean, how important is sales to you? Because I'm in a completely different field, right? Yeah. And sales is huge to me. Like, in my industry, there wasn't even salespeople, uh -huh. right? So, so I, did, I started going out and talking to my own customers and doing my own thing, right? And, and I started getting customers that way. Yes. So, I mean, it, it, you, you would think, like, in, in certain fields, there'd be no sales in it. It's just wow. there go for it and you know yeah. so how important is sales to you well i'm a salesperson my license says real estate salesperson so it's the most important thing to me <laughs> yeah um in any I, in any field though oh in any field yeah like Ooh, like that's what brings in the money exactly yes mm -hmm. so if uh you know people could be like oh yeah i'm in marketing but if you don't got sales you're just doodling you know like uh i'm, I'm a dentist but if you don't got sales skills or a salesperson there right you're going out of business. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's why so many businesses, companies go out of business. Some people get uh, fixated on uh, decorating the office and making sure the furniture is just right. Um, I've been guilty of that. Uh, some some people get figuring out the logo, and some people get figure. By the time they're figuring out, it's uh, word of mouth is not always good <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know, get, uh, and you know what? There was a point in, in even for me, like in real estate, where I used to brag about like. I've done all of this organic. I've done this just door knocking, just referrals, uh, making phone calls. I, what, I've never had to invest in advertising or in marketing. And then someone asked me, but imagine if you did. And I was like, oh man, I'd be two, three times uh, of the, the production. You know, so, so yeah, it's, uh, um, but definitely when it comes to sales skills, that's a skill set that at the end of the day, whatever it is, that one has to be priority. That's the meat and potatoes. So what I wanted to ask him is what do you do in sales for what you do at your business? Yeah. You know, it, it, you may, I don't know if, if people even know this, but we have um, in, in our sales training, like formal sales training for real estate, we have scripts and dialogues. 
And so we do role play sessions where it, it's like almost like acting, you know, like where we're, uh, someone's pretending to be the client. I'm over here uh, um, leading them with the different questions, with the dialogues, and we're scripted. And the ones, at, well, this is what I, what I learned early on. I was fortunate. The first week I got into real estate, my manager told me, hey, there's a training happening in Riverside. It's for the next five days. You should go attend it. I go, and uh, it's, um, the, the coaching is Mike Ferry. Mike Ferry. Um, he's like, they call him like the godfather of real estate. And it was all old school. Um, imagine like this. Sales skill set with role playing, um, dialogues handling objections, negotiations, all of that is pretty much the gift. Mark, uh, marketing, advertising, that's the gift wrap and the ribbon. You, you, you can live without the gift wrap. I mean, the gift wrap and the ribbon gets thrown away. It's what's left in the box. That's good. That's what matters. Right. Yes. So what, um, what has been your favorite selling experience? Ooh, that's a real good question. So, I mean, the ones that close. <laughs> the ones you close. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Always. Always. The ones that close. No, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a very dynamic business, and no transactions are the same. Like, the, I, I cannot tell you, like, this one is just like that one. No, everything, everything is so, so eventful. I think some of the most memorable ones was my first transaction. It was just so sweet because, like, and, and when I think back on it, like, I was so naive. I show, and poor guy. Luckily, he stuck with me. I showed him houses every single day for 30 days. Whoa. And Impressive. His wife even stopped coming because they were, they were like, we, we don't even want this house. Like, why are you showing these? We don't even want to be in the city. I just knew I had, to, I had to just keep showing them until they buy. And so every single day after work, he's coming with me. We're, we're looking at properties. And he was my, my first transaction. Um, was and your very first transaction very, ever? Very first transaction, yeah. Um, his first home? His first home, mm -hmm. and it, it was here in Fontana, um, and so. But but the thing about it, it was just that when I look back on it, like I realized, like what a rookie I was, and how green I was, and how did he not notice? Like, dude, I wasn't the right agent for him. Like, you know, it it was just I'm just showing him houses. He's not even looking. Like he he wanted something he could just move in and and be good. I'm showing him bank owned properties that just because that was available in his price range i'm like i'm gonna show it to you right anything and he was patient with me and he stuck with me and then finally we, we he, they found a house that i thought they wouldn't even want when we walked into the property i was like this ain't this ain't gonna be it and he's like i love it this is the one i'm like this one it needed carpet it needed paint and for some reason without us even having to ask it was a bank owned property right when we were getting ready to close escrow the bank sent somebody, put in brand new carpet for them, put brand new padding, brand new paint. And so when they moved in and I'm giving them the keys, like it was ready for them to move in. And we're just looking at each other like, I'm like, congratulations. Yes, I negotiated all this for you now. <laughs> yeah, your first property is always right? yeah. <laughs> something now, to remember. Yes. That's just like it was like yeah. even a blessing. Yeah. Like, like oh, for yeah. both of you guys exactly. on each side. You know and what I mean? They're such good people. Yeah, such good people. So I, I do believe that. Yeah, I've been very fortunate where like all my clients are really good people. Like, I don't know how that happens. Like, I, I sometimes I look around and I'm, I'm you know, reviewing uh, 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 who I've worked with and I'm like, or I hear other people and the clients they're working with, and I'm just like, wow, my clients are such good people. Yeah. So, in, in my business, mm -hmm. I um, I look at my sales as educating, yeah. right? Because I, I don't I don't want to go out there and I don't want to feel like I'm 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 being a salesman. I'm trying yeah. to sell them, yeah. right? So, I feel like you probably do the same thing because if you if you're looking at your clients as good people. Mm -hmm you're probably really looking into them as who they are. Mm -hmm. So at one point when I was going out and, and reaching different customers and things like that, I would try to find my interest in them, mm -hmm. like what they have going on, and I would try to put that into them and say, yeah. okay, I like this about them or what they do with their business, and I would try to just educate them of my services that we can do for them, mm -hmm. right? And, and by you saying that, kind of just like sparked something in me like, well, I mean, it, does it seem like that would be the same thing you kind of do with your customers? Because you're saying all your clients are good people, so you're yeah. probably finding interest in them. That's different. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> I think I think the way I, the way I refer to it is a, a, I have a consultation approach. Mm -hmm. So even though it's, it's sales and, you know, for a good time, real estate was right up there with sleazy car salesmen, right? 
and um, it just had a really bad uh, reputation for people, hard closers, just you know, sign the contract, buy the house, and then it's roach infested, and you know, the, you know, yeah. all the all the all the, all those type of stories. And so um, I took more of a consultation approach where it's more like, here's option one, here's option two, here's option three. Which one would you like? Now they're picking the option, and they feel confident, comfortable with the decision because it was their decision instead of me telling them this is the house for you. And so, um, and and that's kind of the the same approach I have throughout the whole process. Like where I understand it's like okay, um, year number three. I needed a, 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 a real estate transaction to close. If not, I was gonna have to go get a job. So I better close this transaction. But if I did that, I would lose the client. And I'd rather lose a transaction than lose a client. If they say, this is the house for me and they cancel, I'd rather that happen and move on and keep the client and move on to the next one. So um, I did have to back off of the, the hard closing tactics and and, and, and and actually that wasn't even natural to me. So if I just focus on what is their goal what is their timeline? And if that timeline doesn't match with my bills that are coming at me now, <laughs> then I need to just have more clients up, lined up. Right. You know, if if they're if they're not gonna if that one client isn't gonna pay my bills, then immediately I need to have a couple more so that way I don't have to worry about that and I can show up as the agent that they needed. Yeah, that yeah. sounds so, real good. So how do you create a, a client base for people that are watching? Like, what is your method? Yeah. You know, what is how do you, yes. you know, create that? So um, I, I do my best to do, to be structured, right? To have an actual set schedule. Even though we're self-employed and everybody wants to be in real estate because you could do it part-time, you could do it on the side, you could do it, uh, you know, be, it could just be a side hustle and extra money. Yeah, that doesn't work. Like, it, for it to really work, it's got to be structured. It's got to have be scheduled. And that way you can have predictable business. So for me, it's um, it, it's fundamentals, which is phone calls. And I have an automatic dialer where I'm, it's dialing, making phone calls, um, especially around any property that we've sold. Then immediately I'm marketing it to all the neighbors because it's very likely that once that sign popped up, someone's already thinking about, like, should we move to? And by the time that one that one is sold, so another two or three are also going to put their house on the market. Oh, wow. I just got to find them. Yes. I didn't. I didn't know. Wow, that. that's yes. huge. Yes. So, so you're saying a lot of times when, so if it's like a cul-de-sac, yeah, our neighborhood, yeah, that if you have a, you have your sign up being sold, that that two or three other people might follow. Oh yes. Oh wow. I've, I've had it where on one block of nine homes, I did six transactions. Oh wow. Yes. Ooh, that's, that's, good. that's that's a yeah. lot of money, right? Going back to what was one of my memorable or my favorite sales. That's gotta be. You know, why. You, you would think that it would be like the million dollar deals. Right. For me, my some of my bigger biggest paychecks were the ugly little houses. The ugly beat up ones where they were like, I just need to get this sold so I could retire, move out of the state. And it's a cash investor coming in. We close it in four days and I'm able to represent both. And those end up being my biggest checks than the million dollar deals. Wow. wow. That's yeah. like, you said four days. Yeah. That's so quick. Cash money. Cash money. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, a, it's a win win for my client who needed a, a quick sale, who didn't want to have their house on the market with people coming in and seeing their. These are like houses where it's like it's almost like borderline hoarders, you know, it like where um, it, it's like you and I wouldn't even eat lunch there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so I mean, if you were to like tell people that are trying to get in real estate, mm. that's they wouldn't even know that. They would oh, think yeah. that the, the nice houses are yes. really getting the money, right. but the paychecks yes. are coming. That's from where the, that's yes. where they would think the big money is. Yes. yes. Well, we would never know. Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah, no, Impressive. I mean, you know, the, the, the million dollar ones are nice too, and uh, they're a little bit more glamorous and they're funner to do. A, uh, it's much more fun to do an open house at, at a really nice house with good air conditioning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sipping champagne, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah. So, so I heard you talk about, you know, um, in your life that God's important. Mm. He's there in your yeah. life, right? Yeah. So, so as a man doing what you're doing, as a father, as a as an entrepreneur, yeah. how 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 big is God a part of your life? So, um, my grandpa was a pastor. A couple of my uncles are pastors. My dad was a pastor. Everyone thought I was going to be a minister. And even I, I, there, I think there was a point where even I thought I was going to be a pastor. Because you could talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I, I just want to wear a suit. And, a, and, you look good, and you look good in a suit. <laughs> I'm a, the, the, these hands can't do construction. Right. <laughs> no, but, you know, um, I remember when, when I was talking about that, that time uh, with the DUI and everything. 
that's when I kind of went through my own little spiritual journey. I, I even went on the, I was so fortunate. I went on a trip to Cambodia. It was for two weeks and it was like a missionary trip with the church and everything. Oh, wow. um, and I remember um, that, that, that whole, I, it was like a good year of, uh, of just being of service. And when I came back into real estate, that's where um, I had to add on my business card, servant leader. Um, because like that, that really changed my, my, my uh, perspective on everything. So um, as far as like, like, like God being able, uh, um, to, to be that foundation, like I, and, and I feel like we could speak openly, right? Yeah, yeah. Always. So I'm not like this super religious person. Um, and I know God exists. I, I know he's there in my life. Uh, there's times where I've been frustrated with God. You know, where I, I, I thought, dude, I, you know, you know, this whole manifestation thing that everyone talks about and like, you, if you just yeah. believe it, believe it, believe it, it's going <laughs> to happen. Yeah, I, I probably didn't take enough action behind that belief, but I thought I believed it so much that I thought it was going to happen and God's just going to bless me and we're favored and it's just going to be there. Right. And when that didn't happen, I remember it was the first time I really felt disappointed, frustrated, actually. And um, and so. I had that a little bit of a struggle with uh, with my relationship with God in, in, in that sense. I knew who he is, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, all-powerful. And I knew who I was, dependent on him. And so that's where I just stayed in my lane. You know, I, I just realized, look, until um, he decides that my timing is right, and he until he decides that I become the person to manage and own and develop all of the things that I want to uh, own, manage, and develop, then I'm just going to continue being who I am, the human mm -hmm. that I am, uh, the human, the man that yes. I am. And I'll, 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 I'll leave that on his timing. All I could do is, the, and, and I, 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 I swear, my, my kids, my daughters, they're six and eight, they're going to grow up kind of like just mimicking me. All you got to do is the best you can with mm -hmm. what you got, where you're at. Because that's all that life requires of us. That's all that God requires of us, to do the best you can with what you got, where you're at. And never lose faith. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and never lose faith. Yes, yes. Do you notice, though, I feel like like not now I mean hearing even who you, more of who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you notice that a lot of men, I, I want to even say men, that are on the rise are trying to build something, a lot of them end up going back to God oh, yeah. at certain points. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like the struggle's so hard, so strong, <laughs> that that's who they need yes. to go to. Definitely, yes. 100%. And I feel like that's a real thing. I mean, the more people we talk to, mm -hmm. the more people we're, we interview, it's like that's what we hear. Yeah. Right? Like at some point, they fall to the knees. Yes. And they're like, like they, they need God. Yes. And, and I think that's... A, a great thing for men to hear. Yeah. Like, like they shouldn't be embarrassed to get on their knees and, and, and go after God. You know what I mean? Because at the same time, like, like life is hard, right? And, and most men can't go to other men anybody. or anybody yeah. for help. Yes. They'll, they'll go to each other. I mean, even me and him have been friends a long time. We'll yeah. go to each other for certain things. Yeah. But, like, the things that are really getting you, mm. you're like, ah, I got to keep this right here. Yes. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, be in, they'll be in their room in silence mm. about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going to God. And I feel like <laughs> the ones that aren't, if there isn't, you know, I haven't, I, honestly, I haven't met any. Like, mm. like I said, those points, they're mostly going to God, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's great for people to hear that. Yes. Like, and, and that's, that's, how, that's how it always happens. You know, with, even if you're not a believer, yeah. even if you call yourself an atheist, you know, your last hope, your last option, be like, let me try. Let I me, hope you, I'm wrong. I, right. <laughs> you know, they're going to fall. Like he said, it's going to be like, God, where are you? I need you. You know what I mean? That's yes. even the homeless man on the street. You know what I mean? He still has hope and faith in, you know, when he, you know, need that food. Father or God, send someone to, you know, yeah. bless me, yeah. you know, it's raining, wear a shelter, help yeah. me, lead me, guide me, yeah. you know, so at the end of the day, when some, when you're down on your luck and when it's, you know, like Jacob said, most people just, you know, they call out, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's like um, some, some way, somehow, like, the way I heard it once, it was like, so many men live in quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. 
because they feel that they can't talk to anybody. That's or good. if they do talk to somebody, you just showed up as a weak person. So it's quiet desperation. It's almost like yelling underwater. You know that 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 feeling. I love that. Yeah, it's like yelling <laughs> underwater. Because yes. that's exactly how that feels. Yeah, yelling underwater. Yeah. Wow, I like that. Let me ask you a question. What is your favorite um, part of working in your field and working in real estate? Yeah, I mean, we, we touched a little bit about it, about how it's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I remember since the beginning, like, when people would ask me, like, why do you want to get into real estate? I'm like, because it's dynamic. Like, I could, I could, there's so many angles, right? There's working in escrow. There's working in title. There's selling residential real estate, selling luxury homes, selling commercial property. There's um, uh, the angle of door knocking, open houses, phone calls. Like, it's just so many different angles that when it gets boring or when it gets repetitious, and you think that you've accomplished what you needed to accomplish, now you want to do something different, we could find another avenue. Investing, flipping, um, buy and hold, renting out properties, all of that. That's good. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in five years? Ooh, five years. All right. So um, right now, all, all of the goal setting that I do is on a one-year plan. And, I mean, like, like think back when you were in high school, when you were uh, barely becoming a freshman. And when you were graduating high school, like so much happens in just four years, in those four years, right? So five years, what, what kept happening to me is when I tried to do a five-year plan, 10-year plan, 20-year plan, my plans kept changing. My goals kept changing. What, I, what was important to me at one point wasn't important anymore. So, I mean, I, I think overall, like big picture though, and it might be even a little less than five years or a little more than five years, but big picture. Um, so... We talked a little bit about the foreclosure. That one kind of that one kind of hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And where I thought, okay, the whole the whole thing of home ownership might not be what I still need. So then I got into building businesses. I opened up uh, my first real estate office, my first real estate company, and that's where I invested. And so um, and and that did okay. But I see it with my clients time and time again when they sell. And I mean, it'll be sometimes a little shack of a house that they just hold on for three, five years. And, I, and I'm handing them their check after two, three years of owning that property, 100,000, uh, 150,000. I'm like, oh, that was a good investment. Don't they wish they bought two, three of these? And then I think, don't I wish I bought two, three of these? Like right. I get first look at all these properties. So for sure it's to get back into the whole um, uh, uh, spectrum of investing and holding. Uh, real estate so so multiple units uh-huh so dreaming yeah. you know so oh, okay. that's a big part of you know humanity and society you know we have these big dreams in life so when i've asked you about your you know where do you see yourself in five years you know do you have any big dreams and goals that you want to you know have been saving for or anything like that you know i i um growing up i was super artistic and I love watching like, what like sci-fi movies. My favorite movie still to this day is The Matrix. And so like, what 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 I, what I mean by that? You heard what I said, right? When I was growing up, right. And somewhere along the line, like I disconnected from that, and I just started focusing on reality. And as much as I think it's exciting to dream. There's been disappointments along the line where I'm just like, well, let me just edge it up here. And when I'm there, then I'll start dreaming a little bit more. And let me just edge it up here, and then I'll start dreaming a little bit more. And that's something I've been, I've been working on where it's like using your imagination again. I think a Lamborghini is definitely something that you got to throw in there. Right. You got to throw it in there. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. that's going to be your reality because, yeah. you know, you live in reality also. Yes, yes. Yes. Turn that into actuality. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yes. And then, uh, of course, you know, the, the um, you know, what's, what's wild about in five years, my oldest daughter's going to be 13. She'll be getting ready for high school. That's going to be exciting. That's a whole other aspect of life. You know, I'm very fortunate. Um, I, I, I always wanted a boy. I swore I was going to have a son. I have my, my grandpa, he's senior. My dad, junior. I'm the third. And I was like, Claudio, the fourth. And I'm actually the last Ingleton. Like, after me, because I have a sister. She got married. She has a different last name. My cousins, uh, they have different last names because it's through my aunts. And so I'm the last Ingleton. If I don't have a, a, a son, like the movie, Last of the Mohicans, I'm wow. the last Ingleton. 
Yeah. You're, gonna ha- you're gonna have to make it happen. <laughs> Everyone says where she at. Yeah, they, they say you gotta you gotta make I, it happen. I, I'm you like you can find her at the bar. Where <laughs> she at? <laughs> I, I always say I have two daughters, so I said I tried twice. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, so so speaking of that, speaking yeah. of that, okay. Yes. What does a man like you mm. look for in a woman? A woman. I'm not talking about women. Yes. Woman. Like, yes. what do you look for in that yeah. woman? The woman you're looking for that yes. that you would want to settle down with. Yeah. Going through everything you've been through, having your daughters, mm-hmm. trying to get your, your business rolling yes. as an entrepreneur, get everything moving. Yeah. What do you look for in a woman that you would want by your side? Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think we could agree. We live in an interesting, interesting world right now, right? There's been a lot of changes happening, like in in um, in morals and principles and values and just overall society. So many shifts happening, where I, I I don't know if you guys see it like me, but I feel like we're going through the masculine masculinization of women and the feminization of men. Yeah. yeah. Like right now, there I look around and I see a lot of women that have bossed up. Right. And I'm like, wow. Okay, they're doing it. Right. There's some people in business. There's some women in business that I look up to more than some of the men in business right now. And then there's this thing about like almost like like a Peter Peter Pan syndrome where I don't want to grow up for men, where you know they just want to play video games and be college kids at 40, 50, 60, and 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 there's no more ambition. There's no more drive. And you know and. I want to clarify this. Like, I think you guys could tell. Like, me, I like to smile a lot. I like to joke around. Um, I'm kind. I'm loving. I'm caring. But that's still part of being a man. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think a, a lot of men confuse it where they got to just be this strong, aggressive. Macho. Yeah. Just, just, just bashing through. There's two ways to have the, the tallest building in the city. One is you go around bashing every building, or two, you built the tallest building in the city. You know, so like we could go around criticizing and complaining and all that, which I think a lot of men are doing right now. They're taking that approach instead of really buckling down and focusing and building and being excited about it. You know, they, they, they could do it with a smile. They could do it with, with the helping hand. Well, that's the thing too, is, is, is um, the, the guys, the men, so-called men, that are going around crying and complaining, <laughs> I mean, about all that, we don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like why are you going to sit there and cry and complain? You or if I mean? you do, do it for five minutes and then move on. Well, yeah. It's don't just, stay there. There's, right. al- there's always going to be situations yes, right, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's going to bother a man yes. and things like that. Yeah. But if you live in that, yes. that's not going to uh, work out for you, right? Mm-hmm. So That's I mean, why the women are stepping up. That's, that's, why, they're, that's why they're yes. winning right now. And they are. Yes. They are. There's a lot of boys out there. That's what's yeah. going on. She... There's a lot of sheep, baz, just yeah. baz and all over the place. Because <laughs> they're just followers. They're like, yeah. oh, this woman's going to leave me. I'll just follow her then. That's what's going on. She's going to take care of me. I'm a baz <laughs> right behind her. And she's. <laughs> you can see that all day. Definitely. Everywhere you go. Yeah. And, and, and it's different. It's men like you that is bossing up and making decisions and doing things that women would want to follow. Because you have right? daughters. Yes. Yes. You know, you have to show them what a real man looks like. Uh, yes. Yes. You know, because they could be, you know, yeah. no one wants their daughter, you know, taking care of a man. You know, and I, t- I talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we preach and we teach that, you know, um, you know, it's okay for a woman to, to lead. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not t- I'm, I'm not telling my daughter that she's going to have to go out and let this man and lead this man. I'm going to never tell my daughter that, you know, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show my daughter and I'm going to teach her that, hey, men are supposed to lead at all times. You know, you can help, mm-hmm. you know, where you get in where you fit in, mm-hmm. you know, but you're not about to lead a man <laughs> ever. It, it's about supporting them. Right. You know, it's about supporting men. And I have a daughter, mm-hmm. so I, I feel the same way. I look at her, and I don't want her taking care of a man. No. You know, that's just like, I, I look at that as like, no, that's that can't help. She needs to be feel safe, like, like how she feels with me. Mm-hmm. Safe and comforted and taken care of. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, if she sees me, obviously she ain't seen me going through things like a wife would or something. She's small, you know. Mm-hmm. When she sees me, something going on with me, she'll notice it and be like, hey, like she wants to play around, make me happy, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's support, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I feel like that's what a woman should be is all about support. Yeah. 
and, and that's why a man that that you are and going through the things that you have gone through it's I feel like it's important to explain like what you would see in a woman like what would the qualities be that you're like okay I would want my woman okay would you want your woman posting herself half naked all over Instagram and social media I mean I I, I feel like I don't get jealous but I would get jealous Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not even about being jealous. You know, well, why would you want every man to see your woman half naked? That part, yeah. Because then it's like, oh, I see her, I seen her, her, her ass too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's nice, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you don't want no man saying, oh yeah, that's she's it's nice, dude. Yeah. it's nice, right? Yeah. Dude, why would you want that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you might end up having a one night stand with that woman. Mm. But are you gonna keep her and just take her seriously? Oh yeah, no. There, there's a big difference between someone that you would date, hook up with, be be with, and someone that you would marry. And so, um, when, once it comes to marriage, like the rules change. You know, it's definitely it's single rules versus marriage rules. Two different things. Like even even when you were talking about right now, like we wouldn't want our daughters to support a man. I I think part of it is not even about. Like our daughter is more about we immediately we have an image of what kind of guy that is right exactly right definitely and we're like no we 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 just wouldn't want her to be with that dude right yeah like if she has to do that <laughs> like why would she have to do that right like I want my daughter to be successful yeah. I'm building her up to be strong yes. Yes. I have her in jujitsu I have in yes. different things right yeah. I want her to be strong but the man better be stronger. You know what I mean? He needs to make sure he's yeah. taking care of her. And I would love her to be strong when she needs to be for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I have a daughter. I don't want to talk about that because yeah. I just want to just punch <laughs> man. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, like if we're being real, we know at some point that's going to happen. It's going to happen. But right. good thing I have goons to go out there and just take care of it. Right? We, we got to mentally prepare since they were born. Like, right. what happened? Don't touch her. Don't even look at her. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, so you know, so so like on that on that aspect there, it's um uh you know that and that's for them, you know. And I, I feel that if I just do a good job of being, uh, by the way, I I get I get I'm I I'm very grateful that I get a lot of compliments where people are like, you're such a good dad, you're such a good dad, and I always laugh and I you know I appreciate the compliment. Like to me, that's like that's the sweetest thing you can say to me. Definitely. At the same time, I know I'm not that good of a dad. I'm a dad. Right. If, if I was a woman doing the things that I do with my daughters, no one even bats an eye. It's expected. You're, mm-hmm. you're supposed to. Right. It's just so many men are dropping the ball so bad with their kids and not being there and not, and not even, you know, even the affection, giving them hugs and kisses and complimenting them, disciplining them when they need it, you know, correcting them. They're dropping the ball so much that they make me look so good. That is interesting. <laughs> that's why they came out with that word deadbeat. Hey. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's very interesting what you said because honestly, I've I looked I didn't look at it from that angle, mm-hmm. you know. Because honestly, most of my really close friends are good dads. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's something that that um you don't see a lot of. Yeah. But I feel like I hang around howlers. That's yeah. the thing, and and we're gonna be howling in every aspect of our lives Mm -hmm. so i get that too but i feel like a real real howler never thinks they're doing great in anything (laughs) even as being a dad like i always look at it like man i could have done better or i could have handled that better Mm -hmm. or i need to take them to church more i need to take them here more i need to push them harder you know and then when you push them too hard you're like wait a minute Uh, slow down a little bit that was a little (laughs) tough you know you don't feel like you're doing perfect but i feel like if you think you are, mm. you're not a real howler. Like, because even in business and anything you do, you always want to be a step ahead or mm. rise above or be better at whatever mm. you do. Because you, you can always be better in anything. Yeah. So I feel like what he said was really, yeah, really on point. On point. You know? Yeah, it, yeah. It's a constant and never-ending improvement. Yeah. Yes. So, so let me ex- uh-huh. go ahead. I I think the question was like, what do I, what I look for in a woman, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, it kind of goes along with that. At the end of the day, for me, I, it's, it's pretty simple. Someone that's kind, someone that's sweet, affectionate. I, 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 you, know, the, you, you know that book, The Five Love Languages? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was realizing the other day, like, I'm, I'm fluent in, very, in all the languages. That's great. Like, when someone does a little bit of act of service, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's great. thank you for the, co- the cup of coffee. That's great. You know, when someone's holding, uh, holding my arm and, um, uh, and, and walking with me and, you know, holding, hold, oh, man, I love that. And, and. Just that, I feel like a man, you know, like, um, and so, um, 
you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it, it just needs to be, uh, I, I, I do, I do, um, I want a woman that I could respect, that I, I could look up to, that I could admire, um, and also for her to be a leader in her world, in her life, you know. So um, I, I think it's perfectly fine for me to be all that I can be and for her to be all that she could be. And we're there to compliment each other, support each other, encourage each other. Uh, that's an ideal relationship for me. That, that's yeah. true. And you know what's crazy is that's all real uh, most men want. Is they don't need some extravagant lifestyle mm -hmm. thing going on with mm -hmm. them, uh, like what you just said, holding the arm. Yeah, that's like real. Oh, that's real. Made, right? You're like, man, that feels <laughs> good. You know what I mean? Yes. I, got, I got my girl on my yes. arm. You know, yes. or like you said, a cup of coffee, bring it to you. We're yes. like, you just won. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? like bring it as a plate of food. Oh, Ooh, you just yeah. won. <laughs> like I, you just won me over right now. You but know? you know, at the same time, and, and you know, and this is like, like probably like random little events, right? Like, like I'll do. We'll, we'll do something nice for like for for our significant other, right? We'll get them like flowers or roses or something. But it doesn't mean that I got to be a florist. It doesn't right. mean I got to be a gardener. Right. Yeah. So same for them. Like it's nice when they help um, make the bed and help clean up. But I don't need a housemaid. Yeah. Right. I want a wife. Right. Um, I I don't want someone to to do the dishes. I have a dishwasher for that. Right. You know. Um. I I don't I don't need somebody to or if if all I wanted was for someone to cook for me. Then I don't need a wife. I need a, I need a chef, chef. <laughs> right? right. I, I just need a meal prep service. Right. Or I just need to go to a restaurant. So, once we take away those duties that that women uh, a couple of years ago grew up thinking that that's all that that was their only value, um, which now we have a whole other set of issues with, with these filters. And, <laughs> right. You know, they think beauty is the only value they bring. Yeah. Beauty fades. Right. What happens when we get older? Right, right. So uh, that's why that's why you'll you'll go to a place like Orange County, LA, and it's so common to see a 50, 60 year old with his daughter, and so she's like, "Thank you, Daddy," and it's Daddy, Daddy, yeah. not Daddy. Yeah. It's like this, this right. you know, it's right. a twenty year old dating a fifty year old, right? Yeah. And because like pimping, <laughs> because he he's like, "I'm getting older; they stay the same age," right? And you know, and that's one way, that's one mindset. Uh, but for me, I, I think I want a lifelong partner. You know, I, yeah. I want uh, some so a confidant. Well, well, I think that's what most men actually want. Yes, but when you don't find it, you can't find it. Yeah, it's it's one of it's one a million, one in a million. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very challenging. But I deal with a lot of relationships, but I hear you. And when I hear you speak and I and you giving, you know, what you're looking for in a woman, I understand that you want a woman to know your love language. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's knowing, you know, your love language and, you know, uh your expectation mm -hmm. and, you know, uh not just what you can bring, what you can yeah. do for me. Yeah. Yes, what you can do, but who you are. But you know yeah. what's crazy? Yes. But you know what's even crazier is a woman that actually is into you will know your love language yeah. immediately oh, almost. Yeah. So if they if they act like they don't know, it's because they don't care. They don't care. Right? Yes. They, they just they, don't care. They care about so, their own. So if, they're like, if you have to explain things to them, mm -hmm. it's, it's, and they're like, huh? It's like, because they don't care. Mm -hmm. They're out there doing whatever mm -hmm. else they're doing. Yes. Right. So we, we kind of we know that already. Yes. It's just that we're just like, all right, well, we, we know what category to put you in. Now. That's the problem with so many relationships is that, like, remember when we were kids and there was the, the circle, the triangle and the square? Right. So many people are trying to put the circle <laughs> and the triangle. <laughs> and, you know, like, and, and trying to explain, like, look, this is my love language. This is what I need. This is, this is what makes me feel loved. And you're right. They don't care. They, they don't care. They, they care about how they're they going to fulfill their needs. Yes. Yeah, they, they, they're yes. thinking about how they feel mm -hmm. and how they want you to make them feel. Yes. And as soon as that feeling goes away, then they're, they're on to the next. Yes. Because they want that spark. Boom. But then as soon as sooner or later, they're going to be 38, 35 to 38 to 40. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when a woman on, on looks a lot of the time, it just starts fading. Yeah. And they start seeing, wait a minute, why are these dudes not paying attention to me as much? Yeah. But we could do this till we're 70, 80 years old, and we can still keep rolling. So, so it's kind of sad for them, but they don't realize it because they think it's all I live in now. Yeah. You know, but in reality, at some point, it's going to fade. Yeah. And we just like a fine wine. We age, we, when we age, we look better. <laughs> kind of the way things go. And, and, you know, that's why, like, you know, it's, um, it's the, 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 the superficial aspect. Like, I mean, I, I, I kid you not, like, and it, here here's just, 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 like, more more just to be silly and just to be funny where, like, you know, th there's some women that I know that they'll, they'll take every picture and every video with a filter. But they know when they take that filter off, they don't look like that. I thought they knew that. 
there's like a disconnect where some of them they think they like strong. that's their mirror. Right. Like that's all they see. Now they believe they got it like that. Right. And they walk around acting like that, but it's like, nah, you ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see even on other shows and stuff, they're calling themselves tens. And, and they're like, whoa, like I wouldn't even call you a two. You know what I mean? Like, how are you a ten? Yeah, you know, yeah. like maybe take the zero off. You know? I, mean, I don't even know about that. But let's yeah. get back into it. Let's get back into it. It's going to turn into a relationship. Right. <laughs> So what do you feel are your top three uh, skills in your field? Oh, okay, my field. So, um, okay, so I, w- w- one of, the, one of the, the ones that, like, we have to develop in real estate is the art of negotiation. And so there is entry-level negotiation. You know, it's like, like when people play, are play, playing poker. You know it's, it's a poker game. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes across uh, entry-level negotiation, well, we'll meet you at half, halfway. You already said that line. I already know, like, your entry-level negotiation. So you got to be expert-level in negotiation. So that's, that's one skill. Expert-level means that they feel, I know what end result I need, and I guided them to the point where they feel that they made the decision and they're happy about it, hmm. except I got the result I needed. Wow. Yeah. That one, um, second one would be... Um, So here, it's actually kind of, it's it might not even be necessarily a skill, People but for person. me, I needed to develop it. Oh, f- f- yeah. I mean, if you knew me when I was a kid, he's a people person. If you knew me when I was a kid, I, I kid you not, man, I would go to the library and get books on how to make friends. Mm. I remember some of the things that it said. It said, it said smile. Mm. A smile is a welcome mat to let people know you're willing to be friends. It's like it's like saying. And you know good. that's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all good. I that's, that's all good. I think when I see you. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. I, 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 when I met you, and that's how I always envisioned you, right? Yes. Like when I see you. So so I, I can see that. I can yeah. see you doing that. Um, my, my son has a very hard time mm. meeting friends. Ah. A very hard time. Yes. So that relates with what yes. you just said. Really, like affects me. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I know how hard it is for my son to make friends. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I think that had to become a skill. Like, it had, it had to be on purpose. I wasn't naturally like that. Super shy. My dad was worried when I was growing up. It's like, how's this guy going to make it in life? Like, he, he's so introvert and, and soft-spoken and well-mannered and everything. And so uh, definitely had, had to develop that. Um, but it was, it was to, to, to that point where I had to go check out books on how to make friends. It was, wow. so, it was so funny. Um, and so, and then I, that's I think, a great experience to me. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's that's. Um, I mean, just from being in where I'm going on in life with my son, I really like that who you are because that makes me think. I w- I'm always thinking about my son. So by you, by knowing you, I mean you have a lot of friends. <laughs> I see you with a lot of friends every time I'm seeing you. We're hanging out, different things, you know. And my son is very shy. He tells me all the time he's shy. So he doesn't have a bunch of people he talks to. Mm -hmm. So you explain that to me. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell your son the most, ask him, what's the most important word to each person in the the English language or in our our language? And he'll, you know, he'll come up with some words and then just give him a tip. Tell him, Claudio said their name. If you remember their name. People love to hear their name. Even if they say, I don't like my name. My name's weird. I wish I had. I was named Kathy or I wish my name was Mark. Mm-hmm. If you just say their name like, hey, how, how you been, um, Steven? And you say their name, that already starts to build uh, relatability. Yeah. It's a little funny. Good. <laughs> that's good. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. You know? a, a lot of sense. Yeah. What questions do you ask your clients to make sure that their needs are met? Mm, okay. To make sure that their needs are met. So open-ended questions. And so if I were to ask somebody, do you like this house? I started with the word do. Do you like this house? How could they answer it? Yes or no? Closed-ended question. If I ask, what do you like about this house? Just starting with with the word what, now they're going to be saying, well, I like the floor plan. I like the price range. It's in my budget. That pool in the backyard is a big plan. Now they're they're opening up open-ended questions. So in order to be, be able to have enough information to know what they're thinking, what they want, what, what, what end result they're looking to do in the time frame that they're looking to do, 
I have to be able to ask them open-ended questions to gather that information and be able to guide them. Without being dominant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, because, I mean, we, we hear about it, right? Like They be in fear. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't buy this house today, they're going to have 10 offers by tomorrow. Right. It's going to sell by the weekend. Right. You better jump on it now. Right. It's like, ah. So you don't use the fear tactic. Put, you oh. know, the... the that's entry level. Entry level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I've been I've been doing uh, real estate now for ten years, but it's very intentional. So even though it's ten years, it feels like, um, it it feels like I have been able to um, experience and develop more than other people that have been selling real estate for ten years, and it's because of uh, uh, things like that, being intentional with it. There's a question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So I, I, a lot of the things I've seen, you, you do a lot of social media, right? Oh, uh-huh. So how, how, what I wanted to ask you is how important it is for you to use how, internet, social media for what you do. You know, I wish I had like 300,000 followers by now. Right. I feel like my content is that good. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Content. Yeah. We've no, but, you know, I, I think uh, um, social media, I definitely use it for work. So uh, everyone that follows me or that I follow on social media is actually somebody that I know. Or I, I, I'll, I'll say it backwards. I follow people that inspire me, but for sure people that, that I know. And then the ones that follow me are people that I actually have met. So they're, all my past clients are on there, um, leads, um, it, they're all there. Family, friends, all my network, it's all on my social media, on Facebook and on Instagram and everything else. And so that's one way that I stay relevant. Like right now, like one of the biggest insults that someone could say to me is to ask me, hey, what do you do for a living? <laughs> if they don't know what I do by now, oh man, I'm not doing my job. So it, social media definitely helps me to keep that front front of mind. Like they, they know when they think real estate, if, if, if their toilet isn't working and they need a plumber and it has to do with real estate, I want them to call me. 100%. Anything that has to do with real estate, call me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like I see how, I, how you really utilize it. So I mean, how, how I see you, I remembered you a lot from the funny things you do on, on your real estate oh, rooms, yeah. right? And I would see that a lot. And then I see how you do a lot of, like, you just talk about real estate. You stand in front of the camera, yeah. and you're just explaining real estate. Yes. And, I, and I actually would encourage a lot of people to watch your, your stuff. Awesome. Because not only is it educational, it's funny. Yeah. You have a lot of funny things on there. I, I remember yeah. telling you that before. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I really I like, really like your, your social media. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try to mix it up, you know, because, like, um, I, I've noticed like when I post anything that's personal, like my family, my, my daughters, uh, hanging out, going out to eat, you know, things like that. So, certain people like that. When I post like like TikToks where it's just like funny things, silly things, you know, certain people like that. And when I post like some of the more um, professional posts about real estate sales and transactions, other people like that. So I, I, I try to keep it blended so that way, it, you know, it, it reaches out to who it needs to reach out to. We're going to get in your pockets a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> How many homes do you sell a year? Yeah. And, and keep in mind, you can ask me anything. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an open book. Okay. Yes. So let's see. Um, on uh, how many homes I sell a year, my best year was 30 transactions of my personal production. So it was 30 homes for me. My team did 89 transactions that year. On average, um, I always keep it above uh, 20 transactions. 25 is, is my average. Um, but 30 has been my best year. Wow, that's great. And that's why you drive that nice car we see outside. <laughs> so, so 30 out of 89, you were obviously the top seller. Oh, well, I had to be. Definitely. If not, they're not going to follow me. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Wow, that's that's yes, great. That's yes, beautiful, man, yes. actually. I like that one. So if someone was looking to be a realtor, realtor, yes. if someone was looking yes. to be a realtor, mm-hmm. what would you suggest them to do? Ooh. So immediately... I think uh, it's important to uh, to know this. Like, if they have some sort of sales background, they're going to do better than people that don't have sales background. It, it, sometimes, pe- like people that talk a lot, like um, you know, you, you'll go like to a party and it's the the one chatting and talking to everybody, and everyone tells you you should be a realtor, you should be a realtor. Probably not. It's yeah. it, it's it, it, you know, telling is not selling. So it, it's to kind of fix the misconceptions of it, and for them to just to be coachable in the beginning. Just, just learn because it's a very tough business. Um, I know that now there's some shows on TV that have made it more glamorized, which is good. It's good for our industry to make it fun, to make it exciting. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a grind. It's a hard business, and it's very disappointing. And things come and go. 
sometimes like the easy deals, like all of a sudden you get a phone call and you're like, yes, I'm ready to sell. And then two weeks later, they're like, you know what? We can't find the next house. We're just going to put this on pause for two years. Boom, it's gone. Easy come, easy go. Wow. So I, I think it's just to, to uh, prepare, to um, prepare emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. financially. They need to have some savings. Mm-hmm. They need to be ready for uh, not immediate paychecks. We're building a business. Definitely. We're building a business. So um, uh, I, I think that that's uh, one of the biggest challenges that I see for people. If they don't come in with that mindset that, we're ready to work and like really work and it's going to be an extraordinary effort just to get ordinary results in the beginning then uh that's where i see a lot of disappointment so it, it would be to fix that yeah. prepare yourself to be a howler yeah and <laughs> be coachable mm-hmm. learn develop and uh and, and stick with it especially with the sales skills well, yes. we appreciate you coming on, Claudio. Hey, Claudio awesome. Ingleton. I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. It was a great. Yes. It was great. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you. Awesome, thank you. Guys. This yes. is House Over Bass with Claudio Ingleton, and this is Mainstream Realtor. House <laughs> Over Bass. House Over Bass. <laughs>